Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh, Miller by Joseph Sheridan of Fenyon. Chapter 3. We compare notes. We followed the cortege with our eyes until it swiftly lost the sight in the misty wood. The very sound of hoofs and the wheels died away the silent night air. Nothing remained to assure us that the adventure had not been an illusion for a moment. But the young lady, who just at that moment opened her eyes, could not see, for her face was turned from me. But she raised her head, evidently looking about her, heard a very sweet voice ask complainingly, Where is your mamma? A kind, a good Madame Perron, Don, answered tenderly, and added more comfortable assurances. Then I heard her ask, Where am I? What is this place? After that, she said, I don't see the carriage. Mascara, where is she? Madame answered all the questions, in so far as she understood them. Gradually, the young lady remembered, and Miss Finger came about. Glad to hear that no one in all attendance on carriage was hurt. When learning that her mamma had left her here till her return, about three months she wept. I was going to add my consolations to those of Madame Paradon, and when Mademoiselle de La Fontaine placed her hand upon my arm, saying, Don't approach one. One at a time is much as she can present converse with. Very little assignment would probably overpower her now. As soon as she's company in bed, I thought I'd run up to her room and see her. Father, in the meantime, sent a servant on horseback for the physician. We lived about two leagues away, and the bedroom was being prepared for the young lady's reception. Stranger now rose, and leaning Madame's arm, walked slowly over the drawbridge into the castle gate. The whole servants waited to receive her. She was conducted forthwith to her room. Room was usually usually sat in an odd drawing room. It long, having four windows, as she looked over the moat and drawbridge upon the forest scene I have just described. It was furnished in oak, old carved oak with large carved cabinets and chairs cushioned with crimson uralic velvet. The walls are covered tapestry, surrounded with great gold flames, figures being as large as life, ancient and very curious costume, subjects representing the hunting, hawking, and generally festive. It's not too stately to be extremely comfortable. And here we had off tea for these usual poetic leanings. He insisted a natural beverage should make its appearance regularly with our coffee and chocolate. We sat here this night, the candles lighted, we were talking over the adventure of the evening. 
Madame Peridon and Mademoiselle de la Fontaine, both of our party. The young stranger had hardly laid down in her bed when she sank in a deep sleep. Those ladies had left her in the care of a servant. How do you like our guests? I asked as soon as Madame Mance entered. Tell me all about her. I like her extremely, replied Madame. I said, Madame, she is, I always think, the prettiest creature I ever saw. But at your age, is so gentle and nice. She is absolutely beautiful, for him, Mademoiselle. We peeped for a moment into the stranger's room. And such a sweet voice, said Madame Paradon. Do you remark on a woman in the carriage of after it was set up again? Who did not get out, required Mademoiselle. But only looked from the window? No, we had not seen her. Then she described a hideous black woman with a sort of coloured turban on her head who was grazing all the time for the carriage, window nodding and grinning diversely, towards the lady's gleaming eyes, large white eyeballs, her teeth set as if in fury. Did you remark what an ill-looking pack of men the servants were? asked Madame. Yes, said my father, who had just come in, ugly hang-dog-looking fellows as ever I beheld, when I hoped they ever robbed the poor lady in the forest. They were clever rogues, however. They got everything to rights in a minute. They're saying they're worn out with too long travelling, said Madame. Besides, looking wicked, faces were so strangely lean and dark and sudden. I'm very curious, I own. But I dare not, dare not, I dare say the young lady will tell you all about tomorrow if she's significantly recovered. Don't think she will, said my father. A mysterious smile, a nod of his head, as so he knew more about it than he cared to tell us. It made us all the more inquisitive as to what had passed between him and the lady in black velvet. Brief but earnest interview had immediately preceded her departure. Miss Bearsley alone may treated him to tell me he did not need much pressing. There is no particular reason why I should not tell you. She expressed and reluctance of trouble for the care of her daughter, saying she is a delicate health, nervous but not subject to any kind of seizure. She volunteered that, not nor to an illusion, being, in fact, perfectly sane. However, I just say all that I interpolated. It, not, it was not, it was so unnecessary. At all events, it was said, he laughed, and as you wish to know all that passed, which I was indeed very little. I tell you, she then said, I'm making a long journey of vital importance. She advised the word rapid and secret. I shall return for my child in three months. In the meantime, be silent as to who we are, whence we come, where we were travelling. As all she said, she spoke very pure French. When she said the word secret, he paused for a few seconds. We sternly in her eyes fixed on mine. Fancy makes a good, great point of that. You say uh, how quickly she was gone. Hope not did not done a very foolish thing, taking charge of the young lady. My partner was delighted. I was longing to see and talk to her. I was waiting till the doctor should give me leave. You, you live in the town. You could have no idea how great an event the introduction of the new friend is. In such a solitude as has surrounded us. Doctor did not arrive till nearly one o'clock. I could not do no more than gone to my bed and slept. 
I could not have overtaken on foot and carriage in which the princess in black velvet had driven away. But a physician came down to the drawing room, reported was to report very favourably upon his patient. She's now sitting up, pulse quite regular, apparently perfectly well. Sustained no injury, a little shock to her nerves had passed away quite harmlessly. There would be no, be, would be no harm, certainly, in my seeing her. If we both wished it, it was his, with his permission I went. Sent forthwith, no whether she would allow me to visit her for a few minutes in a room. So if I turned to she'd say she died nothing more. You may be sure I was not long in availing as myself of this permission. I visited lady one of the Hampses rooms in the solace. It was perhaps a little stately. As a sombre piece of tapestry could sit at the foot of the bed, representing cup, cup, Cleopatra with the asp on her bosom, to her bosom. Some, some classic scenes were displayed, but faded upon the other walls. There was gold carving of rich and varied colour, enough in the other decorations of the room. To more than redeem the gloom of old tapestry, there were candles at the bedside. She was sitting up, a slender, pretty figure, Adam Phillips, in soft silk dressing gown, embroidered with flowers and lined thick quilted silk, which her mother had thrown over her feet to lay upon the ground. What was it? What was it? What was it that, as I reached the bedside, had just begun my little greeting, shut me, shut me dumb in a moment? Made me recall a step or two from, bef from before. I will tell you, I saw the very face which had visited me, my children at night, which remains so fixed in my memory, and so which for, I had for so many years, I was so often ruminated with horror, that no one suspected what I was thinking. It was pretty and beautiful. When I first beheld it, was the same melancholy expression. This was almost instantly lighted. It was a strange, fixed smile of recognition. It was a silence of fully a minute. Then, at length, she spoke. I could not. How wonderful, she claimed. Twelve years ago, I saw your face in a dream. It has haunted me ever since. Wonderful indeed, I repeated. Overcoming the effort. The horror that the time has suspended my utterances. Everything is a vision of reality. I have certainly saw you, but could not forget your face. In vain it was remembered. But it has remained before my eyes ever since. The smile has softened. Whatever I had fancied strange in it had gone. It and her dimpling cheeks are now delightfully pretty and intelligent, but assured and continued more vain which his ability indicated to bid her welcome and tell her how much pleasure her accidental revival had given us all, especially what happiness it was to me. I took her hand as I spoke. I was a little shy, as lonely people are. Position made me adequate, even bold. She pressed my hand. She laid hers upon it. Her eyes glowed as looking hastily to mine. She smiled again and blushed. She answered my welcome very prettily. I sat down beside her. Still wondering, she said, I must tell you my vision about you. 
It is very strange that you and I should have had each the other so vivid of a dream, that each should have seen. I, you, and you, me, looking as we do now. But of course we both were mere children. I was a child about six years old. I woke from a confused and troubled dream. Found myself in a room. I like my nursery, once cooked clumsily in some dark wood, and with cupboards and bedsteads and chairs and benches placed about it. Beds were full, or empty, the room itself without anyone, myself in it. I, after looking about me, for some time in the murring, especially an iron candlestick, with two branches, which I should certainly know again, crept up at one, under one of the beds to reach the window, but as I got from under the bed, heard someone crying, looking up, but I was still upon my knees, I saw you, most surely you, as I see you now, a beautiful young lady, golden hair, large blue eyes, lips, your lips, you are, you as, as you, as you are here, your looks won me, I climbed on the bed and put my arms about you, think we fell both asleep, I was by scream when you were sitting up screaming. I was frightened, slipped down upon the ground, and it seemed to me was conscious for a moment. When I came to myself, I was again in my nursery at home. Your face, I never forgotten since, could not be misled by mere remembrance. You're on the lady whom I saw then. Now my turn to relate my corresponding vision, but it did to the sky's wonder my new acquaintance. I don't know which should be more afraid of the other, she said again smiling. If you were less pretty, I think I should be very much afraid of you. But being as you are, you and I both so young, for only I made your acquaintance twelve years ago, have already a night of right to your embassy. At all events, it does seem that you're destined from our earliest childhood to be friends. I wonder whether you feel strangely drawn towards me, as I do to you, I never had a friend. Shall I find one now? He sighed with her own, with her fine dark eyes glazed passionately on mine, on me. Now, the truth is, I felt rather uncannily towards the beautiful stranger, as if he was, she said, drawn towards her. There was also something of repulsion in his ambiguous feeling, ever the sense of attraction immediately, immensely prevailed. She interested upon me. She was so beautiful and describably engaging. See how everything of Langor in its exhaustion, stealing over her, I hastened to bid her good night. Doctor thinks I added, you ought to have a maid to sit up with you tonight. One of your hours is waiting. You'll find her a very useful and quiet creature. How kind of you. But I should not, could not sleep. Never could with an attendant in the room. Shall not require assistance. I shall I confess my weakness. I hold with terror of robbers. Our house was robbed once, and two servants murdered, so I've always locked my door. It has become a habit. You look, look so kind, I look, no, you forgive me. I see there's a key in the lock. Tell me to close her pretty arms for a moment. I put her pretty arms for a moment, whispered in my, my ear, good night, darling. It's very hard to part with you, but good night tomorrow, but not early. I shall see you again. Same back on the pedal with sigh. Her fine eyes followed me, a fond and melancholy glaze. She remembered again, good night, dear friend. Now people like and even love an impulse. I was flattered by the event. Ever by the event. Ever no is a yet undeserved fondness she showed me. I liked the confidence with which she once received me. She was determined that she would be very 
You determined that we should be very near friends. Next day came, we met again. I was delighted with my companion. It was the same in many respects. Looks, lost, she looks, there's nothing in daylight. She was certainly the most beautiful creature I ever seen. And pleasant remnants, the face presented by early dream, had lost her effect with the most unexpected recognition. She confessed that she had experienced a similar shock and seen me, precisely the same faint apathy, and minged with my admiration for, of her. We now laughed together of our momentary horrors. 4. A Habits, A Staunter I told you I was charmed with her most peculiars. There were some that did not please me so well. She above the middle height of a woman. I shall begin by describing her. She is slender, wonderfully graceful, except for her movements of a languid, very languid indeed, nothing in her appearance to indicate an invalid. Her complexion is rich and brilliant, her features are small, beautifully formed, her eyes large, dark and numerous, lustrous. Her hair was quite wonderful. Never saw his submissive thick and long when it was down about her shoulders. I have often placed my hands under it and laughed with wonder at its weight. It was as crisply fine and soft its colour. The colour is rich as every dark brown, something gold. Loved to let it down, tumbling with its own weight, as if, as in a room, she lay back in a chair, talking in a sweet low voice, it used to fold and braid it, spread it out and play with it. Heavens, if I had known all, but had but known all, I said there were cures which did not please me. I have told you a conference won me the first night. I saw her, but I found the exercise respect to herself, a mother, a history, every effect connected with her life, plans of people as ever, ever, ever wakeful reserve. Dare saying I was unreasonable, perhaps, or wrong, I dare say. I ought to have respected solemn interjection, laid upon my father by safety, they laid in black velvet, because he is restless and unscrupulous passion. No girl can endure patience that hers should be baffled by another. What harm could it do to to anyone to tell me what I hardly deserve to know, tired to know? How has she no trust in any good sense and honour? Why would she not believe me when I assured her so solemnly I would not divulge any syllable of what she told me to any me water breathing? There was a coldness, it seemed to me, beyond her years, smiling melancholy, persistent, refused to fool me the least ray of light. Can I say we called upon this point, for she would not call upon any? It was, of course, very unfair of me to press her, very ill-bred. I really could not help it. I must... Just, I might as well, just as well, have let it alone. She did tell me that I mounted in my unconscionable imagination to nothing. All summed up in three very vague disclosures. First, her name was Camilla. Second, her family was very ancient and noble. Third, her home lay in the direction of the west. She could not tell me the name of her family, nor their moral bearings, nor the name of the state. Or even what that Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. They were not to suppose that I worried her incessantly on these subjects. I watched her opportunity, or rather incinerated, then urged my inquiries. Well, as I did the deed, I did attack her more directly. But no matter what my tactics, the utter failure was inevitable. Lead of result. Reproaches and careless presses are all lost upon her. But I must add this that evasion was conducted with so pretty a melancholy, depreciation, and so many and even passionate declarations of her liking for me and trust in my honour, and with so many promises, I should at last know all. I should not find it in my heart long to be offended with her. You to place her pretty arms around my neck, draw me to her, laying a cheek to mine, murmur with her lips near my ear, dearest your hard old heart, it wounded think me not cruel, the obeyed is law, by strength from witnesses. Is your dear heart is wounded, my world, my wild heart bleeds for yours. In rapture, my enormous humiliation, I live in your warm life. And you shall die, die, sweetly die into mine. I not help it as I draw near to you. You and your turn would draw near to others. I learn the rapture, the cruelty, which is yet is a love. So for a while, seek to know no more of me and mine. But trust me. You with all your loving spirit. And when she had spoken such a recipe, she would press me more closely in her trembling embrace, her lips in soft kisses, gently glow upon my cheek. Hesitations and language were intelligible to me. From these foolish embraces, which were not of a very frequent occurrence, I must allow a use to which to secrete myself, but my energies seemed to fail me. A murmured words sounded like a lullaby in my ear, and smoothed my existence of trance, from which I only seemed to recover myself when she drew her arms. In these mysterious moods, I did not like her. I experienced a strange, tremendous excitement that was pleasurable ever and anon, mingled with vague senses of fear and disgust, and distinct faults by the while such scenes lasted. Was conscious of a love growing in to a adoration, in also to abhorrence. This known, this I know is a paradox. I can no more make no other attempt to explain the feeling. I can now write for after a terminal interval of more than ten years, trembling hand with a confused and horror collection of certain occurrences, situations, the ideal though which I was unconsciously passing, through with a vivid and very sharp remembrance the main account current of my story. But I suspect in all our lives there are certain emotional scenes, those in which our passions have been most wildly and terribly roused, that we are all, all others are most vaguely and dimly remembered. Sometimes of an hour of apathy, a strange and 
would take my hand and hold it with found pressure, renewed again and again, blushing softly, gazing into my face with languid, burning eyes, breathing so fast that dress rose and fell, tremendous reparation. Like this door of a lover, it embarrassed me, it was hateful, yet overpowering, gloating eyes, it drew me to her, her hot lips travelled on my cheek and kisses, she would could whisper about in sobs, you are mine, you should be mine, you and I, one forever, then she had, then she had thrown herself back into a chair with her small hands, her eyes, leaving me trembling. Are you related? Related? I used to ask. What can you mean by all this? I may end you, perhaps, as someone who you love. But you must not. I hate it. I don't know you. I don't know myself, but you look so and talk so. You used to sigh at my remembrance, and turn away and drop my hand. Expecting those very extraordinary manifestations, tried in vain to form any such theory. I could not. I could not refer them to my affection or trick. It was unmistakably a momentary breaking out of suppressed instinct, emotion. Was she not standing her mother's untrue denial? So did brief recitations of sanity. Was there here a disguise and a romance? I read in old storybooks of such things. What if? A boyish lover found his way into the house and sought to prosecute his stoop to masquerade with sisters of clever old adventures. But there were many things about this hypothesis, hardly interesting as it was to my vanity. I could boast so little attention such as masculine gallantry delights to offer. Between these passionate moments, there was a long intervals, commonplace gaiety, brooding melancholy, during which, except I have detected my eyes so full of melancholy fire, following me at times I might have been as nothing to her, except in these brief episodes of mysterious excitement, a ways of girlish, though there was always a languor about her, quite incompatible, co- co- compatible, masculine system and state of health. In some respects, her habits were odd. Perhaps not so singular in opinion of a town lady like you, as you appeared to us rustic people. She used to come down very late, during not till one o'clock. She would take a cup of chocolate, but eat nothing. We went, then went out for a walk, which was a mere sunder. She was seen almost immediately exhausted, and either returned to solace or sat on the benches there placed here and there among the trees. It was a bodily languor in which her mind did not sympathise. She was always an animated talker, very intelligent. She sometimes allured for a moment to her own home and mentioned a venture for situ- situation. Early recollection was to get the people with strange manners, describe customs which we knew nothing, gather them f- from, the, from these chance hints that her native country was much more remote I had first fancied. As I sat thus one afternoon under a tree, a funeral passed by. It was this, was that of a pretty young girl I had often seen, a daughter of one of the strangers of the forest. Poor men walking round her coffin. He's in a darling, darling, she is only, his only child. He looked quite heartbroken, peasant walking. Two and two came behind, seeing a funeral hymn. Rose to mark respect as they passed. Joined in him, 
They were very sweetly singing. My companions shook me by a little roughly. I turned surprised. She said briskly, Do you know, do you perceive how discordant that is? I think it's very sweet on the contrary. I answered, vexed by the interruption, very uncomfortable. These people who composed the little procession to observe resent what was passing. I resumed therefore instantly, was again interrupted. It pierced my ears, said Camilla. I listened angrily, stopping her ears with her tiny fingers. Sighed, how can you tell that you... How can you tell that your religion and mine are the same? Your form was wounding. I hate funerals. What a fuss. Why you must die. Everyone must die and all are happier. When they do, come home. My father had gone on with the clergyman to the churchyard. For he knew she was to be buried today. She, I don't doubt, trouble my head with pleasant about peasants. Don't know who she is, answered Mikamina, the flash of her fine eyes. She's a poor girl who fancied she'd draw a ghost a fortnight ago. Been dying ever since, so yesterday when she spied. Tell me nothing about ghosts. I can't sleep. Right, if you do, I hope there's no plague or fever coming. All this looks very like, very like it. Continued the Schellenhards. Young woman died only a week ago. She thought something seized her by the throat. She lay in her bed and nearly strangled her. Papa says some horrible fancies do accompany some forms of fever. She was quite well the day before. She sank afterwards and died off before a week. Well, the funeral is over, I hope. Her son, her son sung. Her ears can't be tortured that she scored. And jargon. It makes me nervous. Sit down here beside me. Sit close. Hold my hand. Press it hard. Hard. Harder. We had moved a little back. I come to another seat. She sat down. Face and one who changed. It alarmed. It even terrified me for a moment. It darkened. become horribly livid. Her teeth and hands were clenched. As she frowned, compressed her lips. While she stared down upon the ground at her feet. And trembled all over with continuous shudder. Impressible as a goo. All energies seemed strained to suppress a fit, which she was then breathlessly tugging, breathlessly tugging. At length, a low, convulsive cry, suffering broke from her, and gradually hysteria subdued, sided there. There comes of strangling people, from him, she said at last. Hold me, hold me still, I had to pass away. And so gradually it did, perhaps to dissipate some expression which the spectacle left upon me, became unusually animated and chatty, and so we got so we got home. This is the first time I've seen her exhibit any of the final symptoms of that delicacy of health which her mother had spoken of. It was the first time also I've seen her exhibit anything like temper. Both passed away like a summer cloud, and neither had once afterwards did I witness on her part a momentary sigh of anger, sign of anger. I will tell you how it happened. She and I were looking out one long drawing room windows, when they entered the courtyard of the drawbridge, a figure, a wanderer, whom I knew very little, very well, he used to visit the ghost lost generally twice a year. It's a figure of a hunchback, sharp, lean features, generally occupied deformity. He wore a pointed black beard, smiling from ear to ear, showing his white fangs. Dressed in buff, black and scarlet, across many stripes and belts, I could count. 
With them hung all manner of things behind. He carried a magic lantern, two boxes, which I knew well, one of which was Salamander, and the other Mendrake. These creatures used to make my father laugh. The counted compounded parts of monkeys, parrots, squirrels, fish, hedgehogs, parrots, parts of monkeys, parrots, squirrels, fish and hedgehogs dried and stitched together, great neatness and startled in effect. He had a fiddle, a box of country mountain practice, a pair of foils and masks, a tattooed belt, several other mysterious cases dangling about him, a black staff with copper ferrules in his band. Pennon was a rough spare dog, and followed his heels, but stopped short, fishy a drawbridge, a little and in a little while going to howl dismally. Meantime the monk bank, standing in the midst of the courtyard, raised his grotesque hat, and made us a very sonorous bow. Paying his compliments very involuntarily in his scrutable French and German, not much better. Then this engaged fiddle began to scrape with a little air of air to which he sang Mary de Cool, dancing with the ludicrous airs and activity, which made me laugh in spite of the dog's howling. He advanced to the window with many smiles, salutations his hat left hand his fiddle under his arm with a fervency that never took breath he grabbed a long advertisement of all these compliments resources of various arts which he placed at our service crosses and entertainments which it was in his power and our bidding to display will you your lordship be pleased to buy an amulet against the opaline which was going going like which is going like the wolf i hear through these wolves he said dropping his hat on the pavement Oh, dying to be to it, dying of it right and left. Here's a charm that never fails. A pin to your pillow. You may laugh at his face. Your charms could have oblong slips of villain, cabalistic cypers and myograms. Pun and Camilla instantly pushed one. So I, he's looking up, he's smiling down upon her. Amused at last, I can answer for myself. Piercing black eye, as he looked up our faces, seemed to detect something that fixed for a mid moment's crossity. In an instant, he unrolled a leather case full of all manner of odd little steel instruments. Stay here, my lady, he said, betraying and distressing me. A vest among these things, less skilful, useful. Your identity playing. Back, take, take the dog, he interloped. Silence beats it howls so that the relationships who says he a word. Your noble friend, young lady, at your right, has the sharpest tooth, long, thin, pointed like an all, like a needle, ha uh-huh. ha, with my sharp and long sight, has looked up, as instinctly how Now, if it happens to hurt the young lady, I think it must have, here I am, I hear at my thumb, my pinch, my nippers, I make it round, blunt, the ladyship pleases no longer the tooth of a flesh. Oh, beautiful young lady, she is. Hey, is the young lady to please? Have I been too bold? Have I offended her? The young lady, indeed, looking, looked very angry as she drew back from the window. And there's, there's a man to insult us so. Where is your father? Should deny that very dress. Should demand dress from him. Her father would have the wrench tied up to the plump and flog it with a cart whip and burnt to the bones of the cattle brand. We turned from the window to step on two 
and sat down, step or two, and then sat down, and had hardly lost sight of the fender, when a wrath subsided suddenly as it had risen. Gradually recovered of the tone, seemed to forget the little hunchback in his follies. Father was out of spirits that evening, and coming into, and he told us, there had been another case very similar to the fatal, two other fatal ones, which had lately occurred. Since the young peasant in his state, only Marley was very ill, being as she described it, tacked very nearly, same way, and was now steady but slowly but steadily sinking. All this, said my father, is strictly for preferable natural causes. If poor people affect me and other with their superstitions and so peat in imagination, their images of terror have infested their neighbours. But the very sacrilege frightens one horribly, said Crimilla. How so? inquired my father. I'm afraid of fancying I see such things. I think it would be as bad as reality. We are in God's hands. Nothing can happen. Perhaps repetition. He will end well for those who love him. He is our, he's our faithful creator. He made us all. Will take care of us. Creator nature, said the young lady in answer to my gentle father. And he's the age that invades the country's nature. Natural nature. All things proceed from nature, don't they? All things in heaven and earth, under earth's acts, live as nature ordains. I think so. The doctor said we would come here today, said my father after silence. I want to know what he thinks about it, and what he thinks we had better do. Doctors never did me any good, said Camilla. Then you have been then you have been ill, I answered. More ill than ever you ever were, she answered. Long ago? Yes, a long ago. Suffering this very illness. I forgot all about my pain and illness. They were not as bad as I suffered from your other disguises. You were you were very young then? I dare say, let us talk no more of it. You will not wound a friend. She laughed angrily in her eyes, passed her arm around my waist, lovingly, and led me out of the room. If I was busy, over some papers near the window. What does your papa like to frighten us? The big girl was sighing, sighing a little shudder. He doesn't, he doesn't, dear It's a very funny first thing of his mind. Frame, dearest, I should be very dear much if I fancied there was any real danger of my being attacked by poor people were. You're afraid to die? Yes, everyone is. But to die as lovers may, to die together, so they may live together. Girls are like caterpillars while they live in the world. To be funny butterflies, as summer comes. But in the meantime, they are grubs and nervi. They see each of their own peculiar prosperities, necessaries and structure. So says Madame Buffon, Buffon, a big book in the next room. Later in the day, the doctor came and was closeted the par for some time. The skilful man is sixteen, but afterwards he more powder and shaved his pale face as smooth as a pumpkin. He and Papa marched from the room together, heard her laughing and say as they came out. Well, I do wonder, as a wise man like you, what you say. To hypergriffs and dragons, Doctor was smiling. Now he answered, shaking his head. Never us like life or death of serious states. We know little of the sources of either. As he walked on, I heard no more. I did not then know the doctor had been broaching, but I think I guess it now. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.